0: Well, hey, Merry Christmas, there it is, all right, Uh, so uh, let me, let me just start off with, uh, with a confession, Um, do you remember those, those plastic nativity scenes that seemed like they were from uh, the 70s? Maybe you still have one from the seventies, uh, with that, those like thousand watt light bulbs in the bottom of them that make Mary Joseph and baby Jesus glow like a radioactive Cheeto. Do you remember those? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so one year when I was a teenager, uh, I stole baby Jesus, um, from the, from one of those nativity scenes. I, I stole baby Jesus away from the manger scene, uh, that was in the pastor's front yard actually. Um, but before you judge me about my poor life decisions as, as a teenager, I, I have to let you know that I was saved at this point in my life, just like not all the way saved, you know? Um, so I don't think the, the pastor was too upset. We just took baby Jesus for a little joy ride around town before returning him to his proper place in the plastic bundle of glowing hay. And, I don't think it hurt anybody. Um, You know, pastor wasn't too mad about it. I don't think he held a grudge because he allowed me to marry his daughter a few years later. Um, But, you know, I I think that that this year, this strange year, this unprecedented year, aren't you tired of hearing that? (laughs) But, but I think that this year it, it can feel like somebody has stolen Jesus from Christmas Or or maybe just another confession of mine, I feel like somebody has stolen Jesus from Christmas this year. You know, my wife and I uh, and our family, we were walking around our neighborhood uh, the other night to look at Christmas lights, and, and I noticed something different about all the houses this year. It seems like there's two different types of people this Christmas. There's those who decorated early and went extra And then there's those who did less or didn't even bother at all. And I'm kind of in the latter category. I mean, we put some things up, but we didn't put everything up. And I've just had this feeling throughout the last couple months is like, gosh, I really need Christmas. I really need some good news. I need some good news of great joy to celebrate, but also... I'm tired. I'm, I'm weary and I want Christmas to happen, but also like, I don't want to make it happen. Anybody else out there feel like that? Yeah. Yeah. Don't bother driving around those houses because y'all ain't got any lights up. I know, (laughs) but you know, I think the beauty of Christmas is that it happens no matter what, like Christmas comes no matter what, whether we feel like it or not, whether we feel up to it or not, whether we're prepared for it or not, whether we feel like we need it or not, Christmas comes. The same familiar story greets us every single year. And you know, as a pastor, I, and, and probably every pastor, I don't really like preaching Christmas Eve sermons because, you know, it, even though it's a classic story, it's, it's good news, it's, it's just teed up for you. I, I approach it every year just wondering, like, I wonder if there's anything new I can say to this that hasn't been said before. I wonder if there's maybe a new insight to this or something. But this year, I realized that really the, the good news for me this year in this Christmas story is its familiarity. That, that once again, we hear the story of Mary and Joseph and Jesus and the angels and the shepherds. They're there every year to greet us with this good news. And it kind of feels like coming home in a way but the story hasn't changed in 2020 years. And, and even though the news isn't new anymore, it's still good. It's what I need This year. And maybe that's why you're here today, is because you just need to be reminded and comforted by this ancient story of good news. God is with us, God is still with us, and God still wants to come into our world, even in 2020. I think back to that very first Christmas night, way back when in Bethlehem. And I think of the characters of that first Christmas story, and and I think that they're kind of a lot like us and where we find ourselves right now. That in in the first Christmas, everybody is so consumed by the chaos of their circumstances, the chaos that surrounds them. I mean, Mary is this unwed virgin mother who's told that she's about to give birth to the son of God. And even though she's very level headed about it, it's still kind of shocking. And then you have Joseph, her fiance who found Mary to be pregnant after she had been staying at her cousin Elizabeth's house for the past few months. And Mary comes home saying it's God's it's God's and Joseph is like, "Mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> Thankfully an angel shows up, clarifies some things for him. And then you have the shepherds who, well, their whole life is hard. They, their whole life is, is chaos. They're poor wanderers low down on the social totem pole. And then in the middle of all of that, the government decides to take a census, which wasn't just to count the the number of people living in the land, but to count the amount of wealth in the land so that they could tax people to the max. I mean, what an inconvenient and unwelcomed command in the third trimester of pregnancy. Nobody was happy about it. And I imagine the the shepherds are probably grumbling about it as they're out there in the field when an angel greets them that first Christmas night. And consumed by all of this chaos that surrounds them, good news shows up right on time. Good news of great joy that tonight in the city of David, a baby has been born the Messiah, a savior, the Lord, peace on earth, goodwill towards all. I've been thinking about that word peace a lot lately, especially this year. I've been thinking, you know, peace, peace is such a precious gift. It's a gift that's given to us that interrupts the chaos of our lives. And peace was not only part of the announcement about this child, but peace is the gift of this child given to us in a world that is full of darkness and chaos. We often think We often think that that peace comes through perfection or, or peace comes through momentary pauses like a vacation. And so we say things like, you know, whenever this hectic season ends, then I'll have peace. Or if I can make Christmas just right, then I'll have peace about all that I've had to endure the month leading up to it when I get that new job, when I get that promotion, when things change, when things are just right, when, when, when. But you know, if this year has taught us anything, it's that sometimes things don't go just right. Things can't go just right sometimes. So we've got to find another way to peace that doesn't depend upon our perfection I believe that, you know, the secret to peace, it's, it's not, it's not out there somewhere on the distant horizon of the future, but it's actually something that's much closer to home. That maybe it's, it's slowing down the merry-go-round of life just enough so that the blur can come into focus. And, and I think like, that's what happened on that first Christmas, that the whirlwind of the world came to a halt because a baby had been born to proclaim peace, be still and silence fell on the earth. I think it's interesting. I I think it's interesting that God would choose to send his son into the world in the most imperfect form And maybe some of you don't agree with that statement because you think babies are just so perfect and they're cute and they're so sweet. You've obviously have never brought in one home before because they're they're not. But God didn't come down to earth looking like a deliverer. God came looking like a dependent. So why? Why is that? God who is supposed to be our deliverer comes looking like a dependent Jesus who is supposed to be our savior comes as a baby. Here's my theory. Here's my theory as to, as to why this went down the way it is. And, and this is just from my experience, but my, my theory is that, you know, babies, they take a lot of time, like a whole lot of time. And babies also take a whole lot of love and love is painfully time-consuming. I mean, just think about some of those relationships that you have in your own lives. A whole lot of time went into forming those relationships so that love could be the outcome of it. Hurry and love are totally incompatible. And, you know, babies, they they have this way of of interrupting the ordinary routines of everyday life. That's like their sole purpose in life for two years or for every year. And the same way that God brings peace to our world is the same way that God sent Jesus into our world in weakness, in vulnerability, in dependence. And I don't like it that way. I I don't, I don't prefer to have peace that way, but I've also come to realize that peace through perfection is not a viable option. And so when sweet baby Jesus grew up from being eight pounds, six ounces, he actually taught us the way to peace. He invited us along his path of peace. And he said things like this. He said, come to me, All who are weary, who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. Over the past nine months, this has become one of my favorite passages of scripture. I mean, anybody else out there feel weary, feel like you've been carrying heavy loads, Uh, maybe, maybe even before 2020 weary and, and burdened and and carrying and tired of carrying the demands of life, the demands of, of the world on your shoulders, the demands of work of, of family, the demands of others, the demands of society. And so this (laughs) This is an invitation. This is an invitation for for all the tired, for all the burned out, the stressed out, the concerned over cases, the Zoom fatigue, the behind on their to-do list, tired. Anyone out there like that? Or, Or let me rephrase it. Anyone out there not like that? This is an invitation for you. And what might strike us as odd about this invitation is that Jesus invites us to take on a yoke and and a yoke is, is an instrument of work. And so when Jesus invites us, when he offers a yoke, it, it might be like the last thing you think that a tired worker needs. We don't, we don't need a yoke. What we need is a mattress and a day at the spa. But Jesus realizes that that the greatest, most peaceful, peace giving gift that he can offer a weary, tired world is a new way to carry life, a, a fresh way to bear the responsibilities of life. And instead of escaping from life, Jesus comes right into our lives and offers us this equipment, a burden That is light, a way of life. That's a way of love. And it's completely unhurried. The best version of peace that our world can offer us is oftentimes just a temporary distraction or or just a delay of the inevitable or inescapable, at least for a few hours in front of a screen. But Jesus doesn't offer us an escape. Instead, what Jesus offers us is something better. Equipment. Link shoulder to shoulder with Jesus, like two oxen in a field, with Jesus doing all of the heavy lifting, going at his pace, slow, unhurried, present to the moment, full of grace and love and peace. And we know this. <laughs> we, we know that an easy life isn't an option. We know that an easy world isn't an option. But with Jesus, an easy yoke is. A different way to carry the weight of the world. And Jesus says, I will give you rest. That's That's the good news. That's the gospel in four simple words. I will give you. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. You don't have to try to work harder or perfect it. You don't have to steal it. It's given to you. You don't have to steal Jesus to have him. It's a gift already given. And by the way, we can't steal Jesus anyways. Cause he's a gift given to the whole world. So no one can lay claim to him alone. And I think that's the gift that maybe I know I need this year and maybe you do too. So tonight I, I want to just invite you, even, even if it's for this small moment in time to slow down, To stop pushing the merry-go-round of life faster and faster and just pause. Uh, Allow yourself to be interrupted by this good news that the Prince of Peace has come to reign. That Jesus is inviting you to come alongside of him to carry the heavy burdens of life with you that you don't have to go at it alone. God is with you. God is for you. It's a gift given. And we receive it just as if we were to receive light in the darkness. Let me pray for you. So God, you truly are. The greatest gift given to us. And Lord, we, we recognize that sometimes we don't acknowledge that. Lord, we don't receive it. Receive it. Yet yeah, you still come offering us, giving to us freely. So, God, I, I pray for any of us who might feel burdened, weary, worn down, burned out, stressed out. Lord Jesus, come and bring your peace that we can't even comprehend. Or this Christmas, help us to receive that gift. Lord Jesus, come and rest with us. Pray this in your name. Amen.